0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left. But again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt.
1: Welcome once again to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio where the unexpected's expected, and strange animals are the norm. I'm Dusty Brainbolt, your guide to the other side. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry I haven't been around for a while. In the last few months, my 15-year-old black kitty, Midnight Louie, suffered a stroke, and shortly after that, he was overtaken by bone cancer. I said goodbye to him right before Christmas. A week after that, we lost our four-year-old orange bot boy to feline infectious peritonitis. And I wasn't ready to say goodbye to either of them, but they were ready. And I had hoped for a visit from one of them, and it didn't happen. So thank you, my listeners, for bearing with me. And personal note to Louie and Nermans, feel free to drop by anytime for a visit. Now, let's get on to happier subjects. Our guest today is Raven Simons. She's a fellow member of the Cat Writers Association and quite a prolific writer herself. But before we visit with Raven, let's find out what's happening in the world of bizarre animal news. Now, There's a shoplifter at large in Utah. The Murray, Utah police have a real head-scratcher on their hands, or maybe I should say paws. Just before Christmas, a security camera at Smith Food and Drug captured a daring heist The suspect headed straight to the pet food aisle and snatched a bone, valued at a whopping $2.79. The manager witnessed the crime and ordered the perp to drop it. Apparently he didn't know the command and zipped out the front door. Everyone be on the lookout for a German Shepherd. He's still at large. Dateline Berlin Cats have long had a reputation for forecasting the weather. In the 17th and 18th century, European sailors wouldn't leave port without their furry meteorologist. But last week in Berlin, a kitty wanted to emphasize that he truly was in tune with the weather. A Reuters report states that a couple of minutes into a weather report, the cat wandered onto the live news set and rubbed up against the leg of weather caster George Ketchelman. Well, Ketchelman didn't miss a beat. He picked up the cat and held him throughout the whole segment. Lupin, who is owned by one of those staffers who was out of town, stole the show and pointed at the map while Ketchumland spoke. I have to think that with their acute senses, Lupin might have had a better track record than his human counterpart. Well, that's all the news we have today. Now, on to our animal saints. This week, we have St. Felix of Noah, who is remembered on January 14th. He's the saint not just of kitties, as his name implies, but also domestic animals, pets, and, hey, gravediggers. Okay, Anthony the abbot is also recognized on January 17th, and he's the patron saint of swine. But enough of us hogging our time. Let's take a quick break and get back with Raven Simons. Now, time for something really scary,
0: a word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot, don't run away. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt.
1: Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dusty Rainbolt. And our guest today is Raven Simons. Raven has had some very interesting experiences with uh, ghost cats. Raven, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Dusky. It's nice to be here.
1: Now, Raven, I understand that your uh, husband gave you a very interesting wedding present.
2: Yes, he did. Um, When we got together, and um, one of the first times I spent the night at his apartment... I awoke in the middle of the night with the feeling of a cat getting on the bottom of the bed, and the cat jumped on and turned around and around and, and settled in, and I reached down to pet the cat, and there was nothing there, and I realized that there was no cat that lived there, and so I was really kind of puzzled and surprised by that because the sensation was so vivid and so real. And the next day, I, I talked to my husband about it, and um, he said, Oh, yeah, um, I've had this experience since I was a teenager when he used to live in a different part of town with his parents. He started having these visitations from this cat that wasn't visible, and he described it to me the same way as I experienced it. And that, that cat became an ongoing visitor and even moved with us when we got the home that we live in now.
1: So he was a teenager, and he had he ever had pets?
2: He had never he never had pets. Um, his parents were not pet-friendly, so they did allow his um, sister to have a cat, though so that cat never slept with him or slept in the bed with him. I'm not even sure if she had the cat at the time that this started. It was when he was a teenager. It's kind of funny because um, I really like animals, and when I came into his life, I had pets, and I already had two children, and he was a, an avowed bachelor who never was interested in having pets and having not been brought up with having pets. It wasn't something that his like his parents weren't even comfortable coming to the house with our indoor pets because that wasn't something that was part of their lifestyle. So it was really odd that he would get chosen to be um, the recipient of this special spirit kitty.
1: So they have no idea where this kitty came from or... Mm-hmm. Wow. How long has he been experiencing this?
2: Well, he's in his 50s, so since he was a teenager, probably oh maybe since he was 16, so 30 years.
1: I would say that cat has had way more than nine lives. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. How many of us would love to have that experience, have a, a cat stay with us for so long?
2: Yeah, an interesting thing, too, is when we, um, the, for the first time, um, little while that we were together and we were married, um, we didn't have a cat, and then we ended up adopting a cat from a local animal shelter, an adult cat that was four years old that was scheduled to be put euthanized, and um, that cat didn't tolerate other cats, so the, during the, the time that we had that cat, we were a single cat household, but the cat used to always come in and and. He was an indoor-outdoor kitty because he would tear the screens off the windows to get outside. Whoever had owned him originally must have let him in and out, and we could not keep him confined because of his, you know, tearing the screens off the windows. And, but he would come in, and he would appear to see something that was invisible to our eyes move around the house, and you could watch his eyes track at about cat height level something that would move around. And um he passed about five years ago. he was 16 and a half years old and he got diabetes and it had to be euthanized. Um, and after he passed, um, I've had we've been a multiple cat household. We've not had that ghost kitty as frequently since the cat's old cat in this stage since he passed. And I don't know because we're now a multiple cat household. you know the cats get on your bed. Um, I'm not sure if that that ghost kitty, um, still is here, or if he went away when Sage passed.
1: Wow. You think that he became the companion of your other cat?
2: I don't know. that Sage. The other cat, Sage, the cat we adopted from the shelter, was a really kind of extraordinary, bizarre cat. Um, he seemed to have a lot of spiritual qualities, and people would come over. Um, I would have people from spiritual communities come over to, like, let's say, have maybe um, a solstice celebration or something like that, or maybe do some shamanic drumming, that cat always wanted to be in the middle of everything that we did. And other people would claim to have spiritual experiences that that cat would be involved in. That's the cat Sage, not the ghost kitty. And it, it would be odd to me if he took the ghost kitty because he didn't like other cats. Um, he would fight with other cats in the neighborhood and was very, very territorial. That's, that's why he was always a single cat while we had him, because he didn't tolerate other cats. Um, but he was, a lot of people told, you know, just coming to my house and experiencing him, um, always remarked how unusual he was. And, and then even my children, my two sons who are now grown and have children of their own, um, would talk about having dreams where they would encounter him and in these, in these kind of very spiritual-type dreams. And, and he was a really remarkable cat, so I can imagine that maybe he did have something. Maybe the, the, the ghost kitty might still be here, and we just don't feel him as much because we have other cats that get on the bed, or maybe Sage helped him pass to, you know, cross the Rainbow Bridge and pass. I don't know. It's a well, when was
1: the last time you know that you experienced the ghost cat?
2: Well, when Sage was still here. And I, I tried to, you know, after um, you uh, emailed me about being on the show, I was trying to recall, okay, have I felt the ghost kitty on the bed since he passed? And it's been not quite five years ago that he passed. And if I have, it's, it's because I'm so used to it, because it's been so many years that I've experienced it. It hasn't stuck out in my mind like it used to, even up to with the time of having Sage, because Sage didn't always sleep on the bed. So when the, when the cat would jump on the bed, I would automatically go down to pet Sage. But a lot of times, it wasn't Sage. There was nothing there.
1: Now, did Sage? You said Sage followed the ghost kitty with his eyes. Did mm-hmm. Did you get any other response, like hissing or talking no, or?
2: No, no chatter. No hissing, no hostility, no fluffing of hair. He was um, a Maine Coon or a Maine Coon cross, um, and no, no aggression or or fear. Just kind of interest. He would just be interested and attract him with his his eyes and, and or follow whatever it was and and watch it move around. And I never I never visually saw anything the experience I had with the ghost kitty was getting on the bed. Because it's so distinctive when a cat gets on the bed and they they do their little turning around and a little bit of a kneading. I mean, it's pretty unmistakable. It's not like a a little dog getting on your bed.
1: Right. It it has a very distinctive feel. Well, now, did did Sage come back?
2: Um, Did you know of? Well, you know, I know... He's come back because I, I feel his presence sometimes. He doesn't come on the bed. Um, but I do feel sometimes that that he is kind of um, he's around and I have I kind of have this belief that maybe when it's my turn to cross he might come for me.
1: A little little furry angel of death.
2: Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mentioned to you in my email that I've I served as a hospice chaplain. When um, there's, a, there's a states people go through when they're in a death experience, because when people are in a death process and they need a hospice, that means they have something like cancer or a terminal illness that's going to take them some time to navigate while they're dying. Um, it's really common, I found in my experience, with patients of all different religious and spiritual and even atheistic backgrounds, that when they get closer to death, they, they experience something called near-death awareness. And one of the the things I observed and then I have subsequently read books about that describes is that the people will start talking about seeing or they'll have conversations with people who have passed before, relatives of the family. Sometimes it's religious people in their religion. Um, It's always, uh, it's interesting because it's always somebody that's in their particular religion. In other words, you won't see a Buddhist the Virgin Mary doesn't usually appear to a Buddhist, let's say. But the thing I've always found really fascinating that was very common was people saw pets that went, had passed beyond. Like if they had a favorite childhood dog or cat, or even when they were an adult, um, they would start saying that they, was, they were seeing that animal or they would start talking to that animal. And sometimes that would be just a couple days before they died. Because sometimes by the time that they were actually closer to death they would be comatose and they wouldn't be verbal but when they were still being verbal even when it seemed that they were being kind of incoherent or in and out of lucidity they would talk about seeing Fluffy or you know Bonzo or whatever pet that they had as a child and so I don't know I just kind of had this idea that maybe when people cross over they, um, they whatever comforts them spirit, however you relate to that, presences come, whether you feel comfortable with angels, you feel comfortable with a, a dear relative that's crossed, or maybe you feel more comfortable with one of your beloved pets, that that spirit or entity may come back and help you cross. That's just my theory.
1: So we may not have to wait until we actually cross the Rainbow Bridge to, to, for a reunion.
2: No, we might not. And I've heard other people tell me that they've had their, you know, beloved pets come to them in dreams that they've lost, or been comforted by feeling. um, I know I have a friend of mine who lost. Who actually he, um, he he's a a lion keeper, and he lost one of his his charges, a beloved liger, which is a cross between a lion and a tiger, and um, he's felt. Um, he's talked to me about his spiritual experiences with um, encountering the spirit of, of that animal after the animal passed.
1: Wow, we need to get him on the show too, don't we?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if he'd, if he'd be at all willing to, um, you know, do an interview. Um, I can always talk to him and then and pass that information on if he's willing. But it, it's just really, you know, the I think the bonds between. Um, you know, human animals and what we think of as animal animals are every bit as much fulfilling and deep as those between, you know, humans with each other. And sometimes if people have had a difficult life where they've maybe been hurt by other humans, sometimes that animal bond is even more strong because animals don't judge. They love you unconditionally. They don't Mm -hmm. abuse you. Um, You have a a relationship with an animal that... um, a lot of people may, may not have the, you know, get gifted in this lifetime of having that that kind of a bond with a human.
1: Well, do you or your husband have any theory as to why this cat, uh, the ghost cat, latched onto him?
2: Huh. Um, <laughs> it's a it, yeah. It's very mysterious. Um, well, I don't know. And I've asked him, and he doesn't know. I don't. I don't know if it was a spirit that was in the house or that he originally encountered the cat or. Or if it happened I don't know a spirit that maybe he needed to have that experience I mean it's a mystery
1: well did any of the other family members experience it his sister or
2: not to my knowledge, and they're not um, his family they're spiritual people and and they they practice their religion you know their own religion that they were raised in, um, but I never heard any stories like that and being that i'm you know, kind of um, follow my own path you know, spiritually, and I'm different than their religion, I think they've been, you know, their how I've experienced them is that when I talk about things, about animal spirits, or I talk about things in, in that way, um, I think I get a raised eyebrow or two. So, Well, so
1: many faiths do not believe that animals have spirits or souls, and so...
2: Yeah, and I think, and I'm not really sure where their particular church, um, where their doctrine lies on that. Um, But I have found that that a lot of mainstream religions, um, that's not really part of what they teach. And so a lot of people are very skeptical about, you know, there being animal spirits. And, you know, then there's a lot of people who are just skeptical about even human ghosts and human spirits.
1: What a wonderful story. Uh, As I said, I would certainly enjoy having... Some kitties stay with me for thirty years.
2: Have you had any of yours stay with you?
1: Actually, I have had a lot of pets in my entire life, and surprisingly, I had one come back. Up until that point, I didn't believe in anything paranormal or mystical. Or, but yes, uh, and it was very much as you described. The cat jumped on the bed, and uh, I could feel the little footprints, and he laid down on my my feet. Mm -hmm. and there was nothing there, and uh, none of the cats were in the room, and I could see there was enough light coming through the window that I could see that there was nothing there. And uh, so it was very shocking to somebody who always thought that people who believed in ghosts had probably done a little too much recreational drugs in the 70s. (laughs) And here I am going, oh, my God. And I didn't even tell my husband for over a year. So, and when I did, he said, well, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, I didn't think you'd believe me. Oh, well, of course I'd believe you. I said, are you kidding? I didn't believe me. It was amazing, and it certainly opened up a lot of uh, doors. And now I don't raise that eyebrow when people tell me, oh, yeah, I saw a ghost.
2: (laughs) Well, well, it's funny, too, that you mentioned that it took you a year to tell your husband, because my husband... You know, for a long time, was really skeptical about a lot of spiritual things or ghosts or whatever. Yet he himself had had this experience of this ghost cat since he was a teenager. So when I mentioned my experience, he was like, "Oh yeah, that's just like you know, that's this this like ghost cat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just a ghost it. cat." But yet, yeah, but, I mean, he he accepted that. But it's like other things, he was like, "Oh, that's someone's imagination." <laughs> so, so he could have this experience all the way from his teenage you know years, and then. I guess, be in denial that, well, if cats have ghosts, you imagine any other animal and people and there's spirits of all kinds. And I know I had uh, I had two dogs I had for a long time that when they passed, um, I wasn't going to get another dog because they, mm-hmm. they were ancient. And um, I just decided I, I had had a lot of death that year. I had had a, several of my close family members pass, and my two dogs within ancient dogs within one month of each other. And I'm like, I'm done with this, you know. No more dogs for me. Well, I kept on, because I have hardwood floors in my house. I live in an older house built in the 1920s, like 21, and I have these hardwood floors, and the dogs used to follow me around. They were shelties, and they would follow me around the house, and you'd hear click, 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 on the toenails on the floors. And for six months, I walked around, and I kept on turning around to pet the dogs because I would hear click, 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 click on the on the floors. I would hear ghost footprints of those dogs on the floors. And finally, it drove me so crazy, I thought either they're haunting this house or I'm going crazy or I'm hallucinating because I've heard click, click, click on the floors for years. I've got to get some more dogs. (laughs) So, (laughs) So to rid myself of, now I've got two Italian greyhounds that follow me around the house and they're ancient now. Click, 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 click. <laughs> and, Aww. I'm still, and I'm still saying, oh, these dogs are going to get ready to die pretty soon. I'm not going to get any dogs again. And I thought, ooh, I did that once before. Deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I better not, I better not say that I'm not going to get any more dogs because I'll be haunted by that click, click. And now there's going to be four paws padding after me. Click, four pairs or four fours of paws. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, this has been wonderful. I have so enjoyed hearing your story, and I know our listeners have too. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, now, you're, you're a member of the Cat Writers Association, is that correct? I am. And what do you write?
2: Um, I write a lot of um, nonfiction articles about animals, and I do write some. I am I, um, published uh, quarterly online. Um, I'm a regular contributor for the International... Society of Celtic Shamans um, online publication Earth Songs, and, and how would people get that? Um, you would go to um, Fairy S A E R Y Shaman one word S H A M A N dot org, um, and then um, you would hit Publications, and then you would hit Earth Songs, and then you enter into the cover, and they have their archives. I've been writing for them for about three and a half years, and then I've contributed. Um, Hard, hard publications in the Feline Conservation Federation's um, uh, bi monthly journal, and I write for um, the Responsible Exotic Animal Owners Association, at Um I'm really the contributor of articles on responsible pet ownership and responsible exotic pet ownership.
1: And, Excellent. Well, and I bet our readers could Google uh, Raven Simmons, and that's with one M, right?
2: Yes, with one M, and they might find that, or they could go to, like, the Rexanos, R-E-X-A-N-O, dot org. And I believe that the FTF, if they go to the Feline Conservation Federation, um, they don't, now they don't archive their journals on there, but I do know that they're offering right now, even if you're not a member, you can still buy, um, um, uh, subscription to the journal. And actually last year, um, the editor for that, Mike Freese, also a member of the Cat Writers Association, won a muse medallion for that publication from the Cat Writers Association. i so say it's very worthwhile to um, subscribe to, very interesting articles.
1: Excellent. Well, listen, uh, I hate to do this, but we are so oh. running out of time and it's time for us to go to a commercial so we'll be back in just a moment with haunted travel guide and raven thank you again so much this has been a wonderful interview i've really enjoyed it now time for
0: something really scary a word from our sponsors paranormal pets will reappear before you can say bigfoot don't run away Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host... Dusty Rainbolt.
1: We're back. Welcome once again to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Dusty Rainbolt. For those of you who love to travel and are interested in ghosts, it's time for our haunted travel guide. This week's destination is the Faust Hotel in New Braunfels, Texas. Now, despite its ominous name, the Faust Hotel has nothing to do with Mistoffelees, ancient German literature, or the occult. Faust was the guy who built the hotel, And, as luck would have it, the doors open right before the Great Depression. It's decorated in a 1930s motif, and it even has a 1929 Model A parked in the grand lobby next to a grand piano. There's a photograph hanging just outside room 306, which is supposed to be the image of a child named Christine, one of Faust's ancestors, who grew up on the family homestead, where they built the hotel. In the picture, the little girl is holding a white kitten. Now, there are reports that the hotel housekeeper working on the third floor observed a little girl wandering about, playing in the hallway, and occasionally a white cat accompanies her. Well, this reporter went there about four Christmases ago, and I stayed there with my husband. It was so much fun. It was a really great place, and you ought to give it a try. As a matter of fact, I took cat toys and catnip, and one of the toys actually moved on its own. So we even got some little orbs. So you go out there and give it a try and see if you can't call the little kitty. Of course, when my husband tried to take a video of it, nothing happened. As my husband always says, whether they're alive or not, cats can't be counted on to cooperate. Look at the clock. I can't believe that time has passed so quickly. Time does fly when you're with friends. I want to thank my guest, Raven Simons. And my eternal gratitude goes out to my producer, Mark Winter. And, of course, I want to thank you, the audience, for joining us. To stay in a paranormal mood, why don't you read my award-winning book, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits. You can check out my website, DustyRainbolt.com. And if you're having behavior problems with your cats, pick up a copy of Cat Wrangling Made Easy, the winner of the 2008 Tidy Cats Feline Behavior Award. And finally, if you have a story about a paranormal pet, an animal haunting, Bigfoot encounter, or if you've visited a public place or hotel that's haunted by an animal, contact me at dusty at PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and may you always be in good spirits.
0: Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.